as WMKM, Ingsta, Detroit. Welcome back to the family. Praise the Lord. May God bless you and welcome to The Word Restores. This broadcast is sponsored by Restoration to Eternity with Christ Ministries and supporters like you. Our aim is to share with you what the Word of God is telling us about how we should live as victorious Christians. Listen, there's kingdom work to be done, but how can we do it if we are unprepared? We invite you to join us over the next hour. It is our prayer that you will be richly blessed as we pray with you, as we praise with you, and discuss topics of interest with our special guests. Let's get into today's broadcast. Amen. Thank you so much, and welcome to The Word Restores with Elder Anne-Marie Jua. My name is Mel Mills. I am uh, guest hosting today. Elder Jua is on vacation getting some R&R, and so uh, we thank her and uh, we wish her well. God, we ask for your uh, blessing and recovery to be upon her, and um, we're looking forward to having her back here uh, next week. So you're listening to AM 1440 WMKM. You can also check us out on the web at gospel1440.com. And uh, to our Ohio listeners out in Cincinnati, 1320, The Voice, uh, we appreciate you tuning in today. Uh, As you guys know, we are fresh off of uh, Resurrection Sunday just a couple of weeks ago. And today's topic, we're going to be talking about all things prayer and specifically effective prayer, because, you know, a lot of people come uh, into the faith, they give their lives to Christ around Resurrection or Easter Sunday, and statistically we know that uh, it's it's somewhere around 12 weeks that after a believer, uh, or after someone becomes a believer, and they give, give their life to Christ, um, it's at that 12-week mark that many of them kind of fall off. Many of them uh, don't maintain. And so we want to talk about uh, with in the topic of prayer, uh, specifically how we can maintain that momentum, because prayer is a major part of the Christian life. And so we want to talk about all things prayer today and specifically effectual prayer. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. Uh, I'm excited to announce that um, it actually it just launched Friday. Um, she hasn't announced this yet, but but the word restores is now live online. So the word restores, you can go to the wordrestores.org. That website just launched Friday, and uh, we're excited about that. Uh, Sister Anne Marie has been uh, working diligently to to get that up, and so you can get the broadcasts there. Uh, they are published on Fridays. And so you can get last week's broadcast. Uh, she began a series on grace, and that is now available for you to listen at thewordrestores.com, as well as uh, other information about the, the program. Uh, there's resources, prayer guides, and lots of other things there and that will be coming that you can check out on thewordrestores.org. Another thing I wanted to uh, plug in here before we get started uh, I'm a member at Second Ebenezer, and we have a, uh, a just a dynamic service coming up. Actually, two services called uh, Breakthrough. It's a it's a conference that's been going on a few years, but it we took a couple years off, and but Breakthrough is coming back. Breakthrough is back 
this Sunday and this Monday, April 22nd and the 23rd. Uh, that'll be here at Second Ebenezer uh, in Detroit. Dr. Todd Hall of Shabak Ministries in Orlando, Florida he will be here with us. He's also known as the, the praiseologist. So I'm excited to hear more from him. And Psalmist, Anita Wilson, will be our guest psalmist for those two days. And so that's a little bit about what's going on in Detroit uh, coming up. We're going to be taking some calls on the kind of near the second half of the show. And we'll give you the number when we're ready for that. But I want to talk about our topic a little bit more today uh, and introduce our guests. Uh, we said that we're going to be talking about all things prayer today and specifically effective prayer. Uh, because in the life of a believer, sometimes uh, we, don't, we don't necessarily a- approach this the right way. And I was reading an article very recently by a gentleman named J.D. Griar. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. You can go to churchleaders.com to read more about this. And the article is entitled, How to Pray When You Don't Want to Pray. And that's important because uh, I think a lot of times we all reach that point where uh, we know we're supposed to, but we may not want to. And how do we handle that? And so it's a wonderful article by J.D. Griar. And the article is actually a review of sorts from the book entitled A Praying Life by Paul Miller. I have not read the book, but it is on my uh, it is on my reading list. A Praying Life by Paul Miller, and we're going to go through a a little bit about that today and talk about that. But I want to first introduce my guest, Brittany Apple. She is servant and founder of Go Deep. Go Deep is a movement in which believers of Jesus are pressed to unapologetically go deeper in the things of God and interceding that the Lord's will may be done on earth as in heaven. She is a friend of mine, and here's a little bit about her. She was born and raised in Detroit on the uh, gruesome west side, as her bio reads, uh, graduating with honors throughout her life. Um, and she says that is no comparison to the glory of being born again in the kingdom of God. Brittany's a mighty golden warrior for the Lord, sealed by the faith in Jesus and suited for the war. Let me tell you all something. You, you heard of the or you've probably seen the movie War Room. Her house is the war room. Her her driveway is the war room. And so she's a blushing daughter by day and a go deep intercessor by night. She enjoys teaching the word of God and being a vessel used to be uh, synergized people into worship through God's glory. You can catch her dancing for the Lord or impulsively singing to the Lord or somewhere looking to give him the glory. Kingdom is her mindset and so harvesting is her business. She has a heart for God's daughters and is relentless about God getting his glory through her and those that he has assigned to her that he be magnified in the earth and heaven. Brittany, it's a pleasure to have you on today. Thanks, Mel. I'm excited to be here. This is yes. History 1440. Yes, I glory hope I did you justice um, in introducing Amen. you today. Most definitely. Glory to God. I'm just grateful to be a servant and a willing vessel to be able to intercede for God's children on his behalf. Amen. Amen. So tell me a little bit about uh, what Go, or all of us, uh, what Go Deep is and how this came about. Well, Go Deep actually stands for Go Drop Everything and Pray, D-E-A-P. And um, this was maybe some years ago. So God had mm-hmm. gave it to me before I actually launched it. He told me to sit on it. 
but I was surrounded by non-praying believers. Mm. And so it would be things that was happening and I would want to pray. And I was praying. I just felt like I was praying by myself. And I would pray with other people. And they're like, yeah, yeah, the Lord's will. If he wanted to happen, it happened. But it is God's will that we do pray. Mm-hmm. So um, God gave that to me. And I never thought that I was going to have a prayer ministry or be over a prayer ministry. And so when he said that, I said, well, Lord, why a prayer ministry? He said, because I need people to be in my presence. I need people to conversate with. Sometimes people think that prayer is just going, talking to God and making requests only. But because we have an intimate relationship with God, he wants to speak back to us. And so in Amos, he actually talks about how God doesn't do anything in earth without letting his people know. So God wants to do many different things. And so for us to do these exploits by knowing our God, because he said those who know their God shall do exploits, how are we going to do this if we're not talking to him? How are we going to do this if we're not communing with him? And so God showed me that a lot of people weren't praying. And when I first launched Go Deep, I was like, yeah, let's go. We about to go deep. We about to pray. We about to be relentless in the Lord. <laughs> and I was by myself. I felt like, like, where's everybody at? And I realized then that there were people that I was surrounded with and some people who just didn't know about prayer, didn't know how to pray, didn't know that you can just talk to God. And that itself is prayer. It's not like we have to have all these fancy rituals, but just to know that he's a good, good father perfect in all his ways mm-hmm. and he cares for me and I can mm-hmm. talk to him he's going to give me confirmation and give me signs and how to read his word and how to you know just go through in this world and his spirit and to love on people and to bring them back to the cross and help also develop people who are already saved because sometimes we could talk about soul saving but we sometimes we forget to cultivate those who are already saved and so God transitioned me from that as well like you know you got to be well rounded in this thing so that's how it got started, and from there, I started with devotions. It, it started from text devotions, and it went to a, a group page, to went to me doing lives on Facebook, to God giving me conferences, and now I have a revival. So wow. I'm just looking forward to what God is doing, and if you just give God your yes, I'm telling you, like he that. will bear witness to everything he's called you to do. I like that, and, and how many strong are in the movement now, approximately, mm. if you had to put a number to it? Well, on the group is over, uh, it's over a thousand, but um, on the lives I get up to maybe between five hundred to a thousand at times. So, so you primarily are doing Facebook Live. That was what I was doing, but God okay. told me to like draw back for a minute, and so even that is teaching in itself to know that we still have to be accountable and sharing the word outside of live media mm-hmm. to actually commune with people and and touch and fellowship in person with people. So um, that's where I'm at. So he's like, I'm like, Lord, how you gonna have me come off Facebook Live and then have this revival? How I'm gonna get the word out? Right, right. <laughs> but he said of stuff like this. So yeah. So you're not doing Facebook Live for the moment. Right. Okay, and so. If someone wants to, uh, I guess, get more information or kind of plug into what you're doing, mm-hmm. how do they do that right now? Well, you can find me on Facebook or you can find me on Instagram at Brittany Appleby or I-T-N-E-Y-A-P-P-L-E. Right now, um, I have the group page, Go Deep, so okay. you can find that, Go Deep, G-O-D-E-A-P, and the like page, G-O-D-E-A-P. Or you can do the bit.ly link, bit.ly okay. forward slash all caps Go Deep. And and they can and there's activity going on in in those groups mm-hmm. and pages. Uh, is it like daily devotionals right. and type of thing? Devotionals. Uh, sometimes God release a prophetic word. Mm-hmm. Um, because God is using His synergy. It's not just me, but it's people warriors like 
being on the call to actually intercede for each other. So somebody might say, I need somebody to go deep for my child, or I need somebody to go deep for this person. And God would just bring synergy, you know, from people across the nation, even across the world who are a part of this page, because, you know, Facebook is global now. Mm. Um, and they'll come and they'll pray and they're intercede, and we're seeing testimonies being given. And so I'm just grateful, because wow. it was at one point, I felt like I was by myself, the one doing only all the prayers. But now I can step back and come and look on Facebook and people are just interceding. So what started off as you kind of, out of your desperation mm. um, to see, to, to, to talk and commune more with God and help teach and bring his people into doing that, it's just kind of created this community, right. if that sounds right. Right. And now they're, so you're, I mean, you're at the center of it, but not necessarily, but it's not all on you. Right. So other people are praying right. and doing things of and that nature. That's what I really love about how God uses me in ministry is to hold people accountable for their relationship with God. That if I do step away, that people still know that this is their God. I never want to introduce that I'm the only way to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Jesus yeah. Christ is the only way to the Father. So our our mission is to lead people back to the cross, that they may com- commune with their Father. This mm-hmm. ain't just Brittany Father. God's just not talking to Brittany. Like, if we all go deep, and the, the deep call it the deep, you know, and you're going deeper into the things of God, he'll talk to you. He'll give you the same word because there's only one God, one voice. You're going to get the same yeah. message in the same direction. Yeah. I used to um, used to be told that, you know, hey, if God is, you know, sometimes people, we were just talking before we went on the air how mm-hmm. you have some people today that are, you know, for example, a guy walk up to a woman and say, yeah, God told me you're going to be my wife. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and God didn't say that. And she's looking like, what is going on? This man is crazy. And, and the thing about it is God is not going to say something to someone else to say to you that he hasn't already said to you first. Mm. So if God told that woman in this scenario, hey, you're going to be my wife, he should have already told her that. And um, and he will. Now, we can debate whether she was, you know, open to it or listening or that nature. But it shouldn't be this like. Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. I got I to gotta go, you know, mm. check on that. Um, but we're, we're talking a lot of, uh, you know, we're talking about a lot of this communion and, and spending time with God. And I want to dig into this topic. We're going to take a short break right now. And when we get back, we're going to talk about this article and we're going to get into specifics. What is prayer? Um, what do we do when we feel ineffective in prayer? And, you know, is it better to pray uh, with specificity? Uh, specificity? Um, or should we just, you know, shoot for the moon? We're going to talk about all that more when we get back right here on 1440 Gospel.
Bible rising. I see hope on the horizon as a generation stepping out in faith. Because we will be a people on our knees as one before the King. Because we believe hey. all the world starts changing when the church starts. Welcome back to The Word Restores here on Gospel 1440 AM, and we appreciate you all listening here in Detroit and Cincinnati. Uh, If you have someone that's not near a radio, tell them to go to gospel1440.com, and they can stream in there. Uh, I am Mel Mills, sitting in for Elder Anne-Marie Jua. My guest today is uh, Servant Brittany Apple, and we're talking about all things prayer. And so we got a little bit into uh, it with... uh, uh, Brittany's background, her uh, go deep, uh, drop everything and pray movement. And we're going to jump in here and uh, we're going to take some calls in about 10 minutes and we'll give the number for that. Uh, we'll come back to this, but we're also going to talk about, um, you know, in light of today's tragedies, uh, there have been a lot of shootings, a lot of racial violence, a lot of things going on lately. And uh, even with the most recent shooting in Florida, Parkland, Florida, there were Im- Im- immediate uh, calls to, uh, you know, you have our thoughts and prayers, our thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. And that was a big thing. It's, that's not the first time that that's been used, but uh, at least this time, this was, I, at least me personally, I saw uh, more pushback to that than I had in times past. Uh, and the pushback was essentially, what good is thoughts and prayers? And that bothered me on a lot of levels. And, you know, it's, it's we'll, we'll dig into it, but we're going to talk about that today. Uh, but before we go any further, uh, we have an article here, How to Pray When You Don't Want to Pray. And we're going to talk about some of, uh, some, some takeaways from this book, A Praying Life by Paul Miller. And I'm going to get into that uh, and also get Brittany's feedback on that. But I think, you know, when we're talking about prayer uh, at its most basic level, 
I think we need to put a definition to it because there's ambiguity around it. So, Brittany, how would you define, uh, you know, prayer? How would I define prayer? Well, initially I was saying how it is that relationship, that speaking, that talking to God and having that conversation with God. It's not just Mm -hmm. going in, well, the word says go in and make your petitions known with thanksgiving, supplication. So, typically I go in, I go in in prayer through thanksgiving and letting God know what he means to me. Um, through that worship and also just then you can make that petition being known. But sometimes it's just talking to God. And like I said, it's a conversation to know that I'm not just talking to midair, but I'm talking to a heavenly father who's truly listening. Even before I even utter anything, he already know what's on my mind and what's about to come out. So it's really therapy when you're talking to God, because it's more for you sometimes than it is for him, mm-hmm. although he adores it because we're coming to him. So that prayer is, again, that communion with having this conversation in God and just knowing that not only are you talking to this God, but this is a God that's listening to respond. This is a God that is listening to um, tend to your needs and what it is that maybe you're interceding. Because there's so many different types of, of prayer where you can ask for something, you can you can declare something, you can decree something boldly before his throne. But really, it's it's getting synergy in heaven, <laughs> giving yeah. heaven no rest in the name of Jesus. Amen. I like that. I like that. And, you know, that's a very good definition of it. Prayer is really, it, it is a conversation. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about a conversation, it's two ways. Mm-hmm. It's not just one person talking. It is a, a person talking and listening um, for a response. And then, you know, it's a conversation. It goes back and forth. And so... Um, you know, you can be more formal or less formal with your prayer, but that is what it is in its, in its uh, basic, uh, basic form. And so why do you think sometimes, uh, and we're kind of hitting at the article here, that as believers we do not feel uh, effective in prayer or we feel ineffective? Or in other words, um, you know, I prayed something, and, uh, you know, I don't feel like it's getting through. I don't feel like God is listening. Um, or when I pray, I, I just don't feel like I don't feel like I'm getting through. Mm-hmm. Um, or if, if I did pray for something and maybe I've been praying for something a long time and I'm not seeing the fruit of it, um, I might think that my, my prayers are being ineffective. Why do you think sometimes we, we feel that way? Well, one way is um, some people may feel condemned to even go into prayers. And if you don't know your salvation is by grace through faith and that there is no condemnation in Jesus, sometimes you can be scared to have that communion with God, to think, what is going to listen to me for? I've done this, so I feel ashamed. You know, I bargain with God. Some people, they bargain with God. If you do this and I'll do this, well, I fell on my end of the stick, so God's not going to listen to me. And so once you know that you have kingdom authority and that there is no condemnation, that you truly are covered by the blood and that you are all righteousness because his blood covers you, then you'll have more confidence about what to pray about and how to pray in his will. Sometimes people find themselves not praying in God's will. They want something. Well, God, you said if I ask, then I can have it. But you need to know, are you asking in the realm of things that is his will? And how Mm -hmm. do you know his will? You have to read his word. 
Mm-hmm. You have to read the word and, and properly discern the word so you can know these are the things and this is the nature of how God is and how he's done things in the Bible. And these are some of the things that if he breathed life into this testimony, he can do it for me as well. But if you're going and you're just saying, Lord, give me $100 because, you know, I need to go gambling. It's just like, is that in his will? <laughs> you know, Probably so you want to make sure <laughs> that you are in the word and that you are discerning the word by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if you're just out here saying God said and you slapping that on your emotions, sometimes people can pray out of emotions and not out of spirit. But those who seek God must seek him in truth and in spirit. But mm-hmm. the emotions are the things that are like that fluctuate. So maybe I'm mad and so I'm going to pray against somebody. And I want to curse somebody and you mad because God ain't answered that prayer. And it's like he tells us to pray for those who persecute us and our enemies. Yeah. So once you know those bases and that foundation, you can find yourself realizing that maybe it's not that God hasn't answered my prayer. Maybe it just hasn't manifested yet. Maybe I have to be patient. Sometimes it's a yes, sometimes it's a no, but sometimes it's a slow. Mm. Well, we think it might be slow, but God is bringing us to a a place where all his things are perfect, and it's all working according to his glory and his will. Sometimes it's a yes, sometimes it's a a slow. (laughs) Or no. No, that's powerful. And I've had people tell me, uh, especially our – our teens ministry at Second Ebenezer Church, we've had people that, um, you know, walk away, that kind of stuff, get discouraged because I prayed for this and God didn't answer. And I think sometimes what we don't realize is, you know, yeah, you can talk to God anytime, but you got to realize he is God. Mm, he so made the I'm very good. words that you utter, the very thoughts that you're able to think you know, the fact that you're even able to, you know, communicate, he made that possible. And so he knows a thing or two about what to give, what not to give. And as children, a lot of times, you know, we were told no, and we were not given a reason. Mm-hmm. And so do you have enough trust to say, you know, if, hey, if God says no, even though you think you might really want this or you think you might really need it, if he says no, might there be a reason? And so we're talking about why sometimes we feel ineffective in prayer and you know, Brittany was just sharing that, uh, you know, our, a couple of questions. Are we praying in his will? Uh, are we praying the things that uh, God wants to give us? You know, if you're praying for money to go to the casino and gamble, like she was talking about, uh, he's probably not going to give you that. That's not what he wants you to do with it. Uh, and are you praying in confidence? You know, are you praying? You know, Joyce Meyer always likes to say um, that, you know, sometimes we pray, uh, well, God, if you could just you know, if you could just, mm. if you could just give me this, you know, just give me, you know, $20 to get to Friday, you know, and he, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And so you, you're, you're giving him a, a just prayer when he's able to do more and wants to do more, but your confidence has not, is, is not big enough to match the capacity of what he's able to do, um, is what she was, what she was talking about. So, there is an article, there's a book here, A Praying Life, Paul Miller, and there's a couple of takeaways um, that it goes into. Um, for example, um, one of the reasons why we don't pray, and he says here in the book, a lack of a prayer isn't a prayer problem, and that he says it's an, an idolatry problem, that either... If we fail to pray, he goes on to assert, it's either because we're too proud to realize that we need God or too unbelieving to grasp his willingness to help. 
He goes on that if we're not praying, then we are quietly confident that time, money, and talent are all that we need in life. We'll always be too little or too busy or too tired. But if, like Jesus, we realize that we can't do life on our own, then no matter how busy, no matter how tired, you will find the time to pray. When I read this, uh, I'll be honest in that I was convicted. Mm. I was convicted because a lot of times we make all kinds of uh, reasons why we can't pray. And he's saying very direct here, if you're not praying, it's an ideology problem. In other words, when you don't pray, what you are saying is, I, I, I don't really need to. Because if you, let's say, you know, you, you get up, you go to work, or you, you do whatever you do, you know you need a car. You know you need money to get through that. You know you need, you know, water. You're going to pass out. If you know you need those things, hands down, you're going to do them. But when we don't pray, what he's saying is essentially by not praying, we're saying that, well, we don't really need to do that. And when do you ever not need to? When do you ever not need God, you know, for life? What are your thoughts on that? I think that was a, uh, that shows another end of the polar because I was speaking more from a condemnation end. And that side mm-hmm. seems to come from more of a prideful end. Sometimes people yeah. can be too prideful. And they can make them own selves into their many gods. I think that is a valid point to make. Um, it might not be that for everybody, but it is mm-hmm. some. It is some true for every some people, like you just said. Um, when you don't recognize how faithful God is, then you can take it for granted. You can take it for granted that the sun is still in the sky. You can take it for granted that you're still breathing. You can take it for granted that your car is going to crank up the next day. But when he starts showing you in little subtle ways, you know, you're going to need me for this, then he'll force you, you know, into realizing that you need to talk to him. And there's a scripture that talks about God chastising those whom he loves, because some people might not ever get to that point where God bring them to a breaking point to serve him. But he said he Mm. chastised those whom he loves. So when those moments do come where he shows you his faithfulness, then I think that's the point of humility where you realize I need to serve this God. I need to pray in, in this God. I need to go deep in this God yes. and commune with him. Yes. Amen. That's powerful. And, uh, you know, he makes a great point here that when you say that you don't have the time to pray or you're not praying and that he's saying that, hey, at the end of the at, at really what you're saying, this is tantamount to saying, hey, I don't really need to do this because I have resources I have. I can get through without doing this. And sometimes I think, um, I do think it's idolatry. I do think it's prideful. But I also think we don't, I think sometimes we make prayer out to be like, you know, what we see in church or on TV or something Mm -hmm. like that. Prayer is not always this, you know, hey, I got to have this private room in the house. Mm -hmm. I got to have this music. I got to. You know, it has to be, you know, an hour and seven minutes. It has to be, you know, all the structured stuff, mm-hmm. I think, sometimes that we, we get in our minds. And we talked about prayer just a few moments ago. The, the very basic definition of it is is simply a conversation. And so all of that stuff, you know, there are times and places for it, but it's not the necessity. The necessity is that you make mm-hmm. the time. Would you, would, you, would you agree? You said the necessity is that, is that you make the time? You make the time. Mm, yeah, you know, because when you're when you were saying that, what I was thinking of was sometimes the best prayer is when you don't 
know like what you're going to pray for mm. when you get to just that point of desperation like oh lord i don't know i can't get to our prayer I, you know i couldn't mm-hmm. get to the elder to pray for me and then that's that right there is starting the conversation that right there is starting the vulnerability of how you need god and just being open and being real with him yeah. so i think it is important to be strategic about setting time for prayer Mm-hmm. But I also think it's important that you realize that the words that cease not to pray. So why are you talking? Why are you? Sometimes I pray in my sleep and don't even know it because like uh, my body is in a rhythm of just automatically yeah. talking to God and out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if these things are on your heart, this is like your arsenal. This is what you're going to go for. This is what you're going to claim and, and, and speak life over and declare. So for me, I pray throughout the day, mm-hmm. but I also set time as well. And then God presses me sometimes. He's like, you need to go deep. Get on your knees, right. bow down, and start praying. And sometimes I think it's, oh, Lord, what else do you want me to pray for? He's like, nothing. This is the point I want you to listen. And he might give me a vision mm. for something. See, that's that conversation I'm talking about. Yeah. Sometimes we go just to think that we got something to say or request. We got our Well, list. really, yep. he wanted to talk to me. That's a good point. And he makes another point in here. Um, so this is J.D. Greer, uh, churchleaders.com, how to pray when you don't want to pray. A review of a praying life by Paul Miller and one of the excerpts from the book is uh, he says that our prayers primary goal is being with God and really that that kind of sums up what you just said there and he says that a lot of people struggle to learn how to pray because they're focused on praying and not on God and this also convicted me. I was just like a mess after I <laughs> That's a good thing. finished reading this. He said, being with God is more important than reading him a laundry list of requests that he knows already anyway. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to make the point that, you know, he says, learning to pray doesn't offer us a less busy life. It offers us a less busy heart. And spending time with our Father in prayer, by doing that, we integrate our lives with His and what He's doing in us. And so He makes the point that, you know, the, the primary goal of being with God, uh, well, I said that premature, primary goal of prayer is being with God. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily taking all this list of stuff, but that you spend time with Him. Mm-hmm. That was powerful for me because when you think about it, Lots of, when we spend time with people, you know, a lot of times parents spend time with their children, it isn't always, hey, we got to go do this or we got to talk about this. Sometimes it is okay to just be mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the point that he makes here, that the, the, the real goal of prayer is being with God. And then whatever comes out of that, whatever transactions, uh, conversations, that type of thing, revelation comes out of that great but the goal is to be with him Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts soon as you start saying that what came to my mind is um (laughs) he maketh me to lie down in green Mm -hmm. pastures like god makes us to do that so in hebrews 4 11 it talks about laboring to laboring to enter into god's rest so sometimes we have to literally fight those lists we have to literally fight our own thoughts and fight our own wills to enter into his rest what does that mean i'm surrendering myself to know that it's in my father's hand like god is not god like alone in our life he's not just lord alone he's our father 
father, mm-hmm. which means that he cares for us, which means that he takes care and provides for us. And when you're around your parent, you're just chilling, you get to enter into peace. Yeah. It's something that you know that you automatically cover like they got my back. And so when you were talking about that, it led me to think about laying down on those green pastures to mm. know that he is my shepherd. And we can stop it right there. The <laughs> Lord is my shepherd, period. Yeah. When he's your shepherd, he's everything that you need. He's going to provide for you mm-hmm. in a way that he needs to for your life. Not what you think you need with that long list, because you can have all types of lists and still not scratch the surface. But when you enter into that rest, that's when he began, again, like you said, it's the heart thing. It's the yeah. heart thing. It's the issues that flow out of your heart. Ain't that what David said? Yep. Thank you, Lord. Yep. And and that part about, you know, um, Praying doesn't necessarily offers us a less busy life, but um, a less busy heart. Mm. One of the reasons why, you know, that particular part excerpt convicted me was because I am like a sponge at times. You know, it's easy to be around things. I work in communications. And so you're exposed to this constant news feed. This is going on in the ministry. This is going on over here. This is going on in the world. This is going on at work. You know, you have to consume all this information and distill it, do something with it mm-hmm. or discard it, whatever. But it's like a sponge. And so sometimes at the end of the day, you are just, you know, just soaked, mm-hmm. you know, with all this stuff. And I found myself, oh, man, I need to pray for this person. They're in the hospital. This person going through that. This person going through that. They going through this. This is happening. And then you get in prayer and you're overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. Like, hey, I don't even, I got the list. I have to write them down Mm because I can't remember all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, I did forget about this person. So now I feel a little guilty because I I said I was going to pray for them. And I mean, just all this stuff. And, you know, yes, there is a time where, you know, we do do our list and, you know, hey, I want to pray for these three people, these three things. And, you know, there's an appropriate time and place for that. But, it was beginning to the it was just unmanageable mm. because I was trying to get through this list and none of it one of it was for me anyway. Mm. Um, but it was a busy heart. Mm-hmm. And I found immediate relief by just saying, you know what? I I wrote this down. You saw that I wrote it down, Lord. Mm. Um, you know that these people and these things are on my heart, but I'm gonna take this time and just spend it with you. And however you leave me, whatever we talk about. We will. But you, you know what I wrote down. He yeah. is, it's not like he can't see, right. you know, what was. And if you if it was on your heart or mind enough to write it down, mm. you know, that can be looked at as a prayer in of itself. Right. I was just about to say it sounded like that was your prayer. And it seemed like you fought to labor. You fought labor to enter into God's rest. These are your children, God. You mm-hmm. care for your kids. I'm going to submit their names, and I'm going to apply the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to let you do your thing. But right that's now, right. I need you to replenish me because how can I give out of a cup that's empty? Yeah. So you need to be filled before you go trying to fill everybody else up because it's just going to be a drought all around the place, and we don't need that. And if you we need more yeah, the overflow. If your if your well is uh, dry, how can you pour into anybody else? Right. And then you can become frustrated and burnt out. All the time. I want to look at one more here, and then we're going to, I want to talk about this this thoughts and prayers thing that's, uh, I think it's gripping the nation. Mm. Uh, But another point that comes from Paul Miller's book here, uh, A Praying Life, uh, J.D. Greer points out, uh, he says to pray like a kid, which is to say stop self-analyzing and just talk with your dad and you alluded to this and some other things you were sharing earlier. 
And it just basically says that, you know, children never, when you look at a child, you know, they don't get frozen by their selfishness, if there is selfishness. They just come as they are. They just come laying it all out and they just say exactly what's on their minds and how they feel. They don't think about being humiliated. They don't think about being embarrassed or anything. They just come mm-hmm. and you work with uh, the children's ministry at Second Ave, Ebenezer. And so you know how they just, you know, they just come. And Jesus instructs us to come like children. And so that's just not, he's just not making that up. There's a biblical reference there. But he says to pray like a kid. And that's how we should come in prayer. What do, what do you think? It's so ironic that you said that because the other day I was on my way home from Second Ave and God took me on a D route, a detour. So mm-hmm. I was like, Lord, what are you doing? You know, so he took me to um, a Mediterranean spot. When I got there, he said, I need you to order this full F-O-O-L. And then I was like, what you trying to say, Jesus? <laughs> like, you, you calling me a fool? Because Uh-oh. he said, um, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So he said, mm-hmm. when somebody tell you something, you know that you digest it once it come out of you. So I'm like, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to digest it. Are you calling me a fool? Like, I need to know what are you saying? Like, I'm just riding around with this fool in my car. And I'm just like, do I eat it? Or what are you trying to say? So when I got home, he said, I need fools. I need people who don't know nothing. Because when you know too much, you won't serve me because you'll think that your thoughts are going to be exalted above mine. And so when you talk about a kid, they're not going to exalt their thoughts above their parents. They're going to not going to exalt their thoughts and what do they think? Because they're looking at us for the reference points of this life that we're coming in. They're thinking that their parents' thoughts are sovereign when really that's how we should be looking at God. And so God said, I need you to be foolish for me and not a sense of a worldly foolish, but in a way of, you're relentless about how you believe in everything that I say. You have to be relentless and unapologetic about the word and the communion, that conversation of listening to me and what I'm about to say to you and direct you because I'm the one that know all things, not you. I'm the one that created all things, not you. And if you can get to that point where you surrender and you're like, Lord, I'm a fool for you, hmm. then you can walk like that child. Say, I don't know nothing. I'm just entering to this world. What is it? What's one? What's 15 years or 28 years, 34 years? When you say one day is like a thousand years, what do we know? I know nothing. Yeah. So when you come to that point, God gives us a revelation. So you listen to those things, but we're talking about our own self-knowledge, our own wisdom. The word in Revelation, not Revelation, it's uh, Ephesians chapter 1, 17 through 18, it says he gives us a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation. I don't need my wisdom. Mm. I don't even need God's wisdom. I don't need my own information. I need God's yeah. revelation. And with that being said, like, we have to be f- like fools unto God to be these children to follow him. Oh, like those those sheep going into slaughter because Come this blank. is what God is yep. saying. And so when he said that, I start eating that fool up. And I said, ah. I'll be your fool, Jesus. <laughs> Man, just tell powerful. me what you need. That's powerful. And it really illustrates, paints the picture of just hey, I'm going to dump out everything that I think I know, and I'm just going to come, and I'm just going to let you lead. I'm laying down what I know. Listen, guys, we're going to keep the conversation going. Uh, We're about to kind of segue into uh, more prayer, and then we're also going to talk about, uh, Brittany's going to talk about her conference coming up before we get out of here today. Uh, Call us up at 313-871-871. 9656. If you want to join in on the discussion, we're talking about all things prayer, uh, how to be effective in prayer, and uh, how to pray when you don't want to pray. So that's 313-871-9656. That's 313-871-9656 is the line. And so I want to talk about today 
so what's the problem with the this thoughts and prayers? Why are people upset? And how does this hurt our witness? And so every time there's a mass shooting, um, that kind of thing in the United States or even around the world, but specifically in the U.S., you have a lot of leaders and things of that nature that come out and say, hey, you have our thoughts and prayers, our thoughts and prayers, our thoughts and prayers. Now, on the surface, the sentiment of that is is nice, right? That's, you know, there's a lot of things you could say that are ignorant or otherwise. By the way, <laughs> let me just put a disclaimer out here right now. The views and opinions expressed on this program today <laughs> are not necessarily those of this station the affiliates or their advertisers. So we're, we're going to just lay that out right now. Uh, but so thoughts and prayers, you hear that a lot. And I came across this. Somebody was posting on Instagram. Actually, I think it might have been one of the students in from Parkland or uh, one of the protesters that was saying, hey, we don't need your thoughts and prayers. We need you to act on legislation. And my response to that was really simple in that, you know, no, no, we need both. Right. You know, thoughts and prayers, but prayer was never meant to be um, separated from action. And so what, what, when you, how do you respond to that? Why are people upset, and how does this hurt our witness when people throw out that, hey, you have my thoughts and prayers, and, that, and, and go no further? Well, a um, couple things. I see people who say that they're thinking that prayer doesn't change things, and I think that's for the person who's not praying. And not only that, maybe they are praying, but they're praying to the wrong God. So, so like the protester in this place that says, we don't need your prayers. Right. We need your legislation. Right. And so I do think that people do need to be held accountable for their actions. But I don't think that we should go in blindside and just thinking that we have all the answers. We do still need peace before we go in that thing. We Amen. still need um, wisdom before we approach it. So the prayers are um, necessary. Again, that's just like what the brother was saying. How can you think that you know everything, that you don't need to pray. Who are we? We have to be these fools to know that God is the yeah. one that we need to lean on for these answers on how to approach these things. So when we get there, that we're not frustrated to such a degree that we're not operating in the will of God. And so when you come to a point where you're actually praying, you do realize that prayer does change things. But God also wants us to follow up our prayers with action. That's good. And so you can't, you can't just be like, raise a child just off of prayers only you have to cultivate that child and so people in the legislative need to be um, held accountable for what they're doing or whatever the case may be so people can recognize that hey you care because you can say you care for somebody and pray for somebody all day they might never hear those prayers that person might not ever pray but it means so much more when you can go and stand in the gap for somebody physically or stand in the gap for somebody um, verbatim or whatever the case may be. Amen. We have a caller on the line. Uh, who's on the line? Hi, this is Danny. I'm so happy to hear my two favorite people on the radio station. Oh, I am enjoying hey, your um, your show. Hi, girl. <laughs> I am uh, one of the people, a part of the Go Deep movement. And um, Represent. I'm just so excited. Um, when you guys are talking about thoughts and prayers, I think that they got offended because, like, like Brittany was saying, you have to do more. Well, you still there? Hello? Yep, we're still here. Hello, can you hear me? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, you have to actually have action behind those words. And when people say, I'm praying for you, I think they may have got offended because of the fact that they did not 
they didn't know if they were actually praying for them. Like, usually when things happen, sometimes people would say, oh, all we can do is pray. And Mm -hmm. that's not even the truth. But, like, prayer is so powerful. Prayer is more than all we can do. That's what you should do initially versus all we can do is pray. Mm. So um, that's just my thoughts on that. Amen. Good thoughts. Well, Danny, we thank you. We appreciate you calling in. Go deep. Or go, go home. Deep. <laughs> or go home. Or go home. Thank you. Um, no, that is um, that is spot on, and you know it, it frustrates me because um, it, it it frustrates me because I believe that when people say things like that, um, it hurts our witness. When you don't follow up, you know, you know, as well as Andy Brittany, there's a scripture that talks about faith without works, that -hmm. works being action. And so when you do something, uh, when you when you pray, it doesn't mean you just stop there. That means Mm -hmm. you keep doing until that prayer comes through. Um, You know, I reflected on this the other day, I think right after that. And I said, prayer should be our first response uh, before we do anything should be our first response but it's also our response while we're working faith Mm -hmm. without works and prayer should be our last response after we've done all that we can do and so um if you were to meet one of these people that say hey we don't need your prayers we need you know your action we need your legislation we need your 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 gun laws etc what would you say to them if if you if you had that moment with them Somebody who's saying that may really be in a sensitive space. And so while they're saying that doesn't mean I'm not going to pray. They might Mm -hmm. say that, but I'm still going to pray. And Mm -hmm. so I'm going to do what I do. Um, Paul said to a Jew, you got to be like a Jew. You know, to the Gentile, you have to be like a Gentile. So they may think I'm not praying. I'm still going to be praying, but I still want to make sure that in that prayer, I'm following whatever God gives me instructions to do for them. Because it's just like if we have a leader who just do whatever comes to their mind, then it's it's not fruitful for the lamb. But if you have a leader that's consulting with the king of king, the Lord of lords, yes. then you feel like you're in better hands because his legislation, his decrees and declares and proclamations are going to come from a place that you know is righteous and holy. And so when we are interacting with these people, you have to be careful because you don't want people to think that um, you're just praying alone. And still just wavering um, to see or gauging, like, how is it that I can win this soul without compromising who I am but not throwing the Bible on them? Because there's a lot of hurt there. Yeah, it's a hurt. When somebody's saying that, it's because they're hurt and they don't have a prayer life, which means that they don't know Jesus. If you say, ooh, I thought some prayers with you, and somebody's snapping, like, ooh, yeah, girl, then you know that they've that's bearing witness for them. But if they don't have that, it's because they don't have that communion again, that relationship. They're not talking to God. They don't know him. So, Lord, how can I be a light to this person? How can you use me? with the word without the word right that's what it talks about in first peter chapter three don't nag your husbands but win them over with your actions so mm-hmm. they'll see us ministering with our actions along with our prayers and not just throwing it out there are we just praying for you that's no accountability wow and some people say that without accountability it just, they're just has, throwing it out there yeah. oh next time somebody said it we'll say let's go deep now <laughs> let's pray now you I oh okay it. let's pray mm-hmm. who are you praying to 
prayer. Mm-hmm. You can't have it without accountability. Listen, guys, we got one more uh, question to tackle here. 313-871-9656. Uh, but since we're almost to the close of the show, Brittany, I wanted you to talk about uh, this conference. I wanted to give you a few minutes to talk about that. You have an upcoming revival, April 28th. This is the second First? Yeah, this is the first revival. First. But oh, tell the, us, a, tell, tell everybody about it. So it's called The Revival. So Go Deep presents The Revival. And God gave this to me back really on uh, Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King Day. And I was actually sitting in the store and I was looking across the street and the number said Joel 215. It was somebody number, but I looked it up. And when Joel, I looked it up, oh, wow. yeah, when I looked it up, because that was like the area code or something, and it said, oh, Blow wow. the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly. And so if you keep reading that scripture, you'll see where God is actually talking about the church repenting and how through that repentance, God is going to restore. And so God is saying this is a season of revival. And it's not a revival of somebody just having to lay hands on you or somebody hacking, hacking on the mic. But it's God bringing us to a place where we rebuke ourselves, repent be rebirth as God resurrect promises. So there are some things that God had planted in us years ago that he has said, this is the season for those things to come. And there are a lot of people in agreement. You got people talking about soaring season, winning season, we eagles, we out here blushing, we glowing, because people are feeling it in their spirit. And God has said, before you go to that next level, I need to revive some things. I need to pull out some layers of you that you operated in cycles of that maybe were what I was telling you to operate in that season, but it's not going to work for where you're going. Because the thing that you have to seize it won't just be receiving it but when they went into the promised land joshua and them they had to go and own it first in their mind and then in their spirit to go and seize those things that was the land it, the promise ain't not gonna come to you you have to go to it so it might be some stuff that you have to come against there were giants in that land and so god is saying i need Amen. to equip your mind and i need to equip your spirit and he told joshua if you meditate on this word you have no choice but to be successful. So there's going to be some things that God wants to speak to us about. Um, this will not be the generic revival. This is going to be a demonstration of God, and he's going to make an impartation that we have to be accountable for ourselves by way of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I'm not a person that's that I do praise it for other folks. Mm-hmm. I praise God for myself. I That's praise right. God for what he's doing for other people. But God is pushing us to, to this level to hold us accountable for our own prayers, for our own worship, for our own lifestyle in him. And so with that, the word says, they that know their God, they shall do exploits. And I believe that God is bringing people who know him together. And those who've been called, because some people have been called and they know and they've been ignoring it. You don't know you're called unless you hear something. And so God is wanting to, sharpen us he's wanting to equip us with something to seize the things in this hour of what mm, this remnant is about to rise up and do Amen. in the earth for him. that's the go deep revival y'all the go deep revival april 28th 9 a.m to 12 noon at the tcbc banquet hall and that's at uh, 8031 Tireman. That's Go Deep Revival, April 28th, 9 a.m. to 12 noon at the TCBC Banquet Hall. You can Facebook. If you go on Facebook and search for Go Deep, you can get more information. I know we have one caller on the line, and uh, this will be our last call for today. Who do we have on? Hi, it's Danielle from Detroit. Danielle Woo-hoo! from Detroit. How's hey, it going? Good. How are you? Good. Did you have a comment or a question? Um, just wanted to give a comment. Yes, ma'am. Um, on prayer. Um, 
I used to be one of the, I guess it would be a testimony, just a short one. Okay. I used to be one of those people that would, um, I used to have like a go-to prayer every time I was going through some things and I wasn't seeing like results. Like, you know, God would kind of comfort me in a sense of like, okay, there, there, Daniel. But because I was still like being lukewarm in him, I was still kind of like walking in my flesh. Um, there wasn't, you know, these, I won't say grand results, but just the things that, you know, God will show you when you're really um, just walking in truth and in spirit. So when I gave God my full yes and amen, I was able to give uh, more fervent prayers, and I was able to um, really cast down some things in my life. So, you know, uh, when I was faced with the next thing, it wasn't as uh, scary, or I wasn't coming from, like, I guess a fearful place. And then there were other things that was just manifesting in my life that was like, you know, like prayers were being were being answered. So Amen. that's what I just want to say about that. Well, Danielle, we appreciate your call, and thank you so much for that testimony. Thank we pray you. that you'll continue to uh, pray with fervency. Yes. Bless thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Yes. We, you. We're actually going to take one more caller. Uh, we got, we're just going to squeeze one more in here. Hi, who's on the line? Hello. Yes. Who's Hi. on? Hi. Who am I talking to? You said Christine. Christina. I just want Karshina. to call and let Brittany know that I'm very proud of her and that she Amen. has done a lot to change my life. And I really, really, really appreciate the Go Deep ministry. Oh, thank you so much. I'm just grateful for God that He's allowed me to touch you in ways that only He can. I'm just a willing vessel, and I thank you for calling in. That's my cousin. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I love you, and keep doing his work. Oh, my God, Amen. I'm so encouraged today. Let's get it. Bless you. Love yes. you, too. Have yeah. a great day, you guys. Thank you so much. You as well. Love you. Well, folks, we appreciate you um, tuning in, listening in, streaming in, whatever you're doing. Um, I've enjoyed myself um, uh, here at Guest Hosting, The Word Restores today. Uh, Sister Elder Anne-Marie Jewel will be back next week, and you can get a copy of today's broadcast on thewordrestores.org. Brittany, I'll let you have the final word, and then we will uh, we will close out. Amen. I'm just grateful to be here, and I'm, I'm I'm hoping that somebody is that much closer to Jesus today based on this conversation that we had um, just talking about the communion with our Father. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I ask that you would just ask him to come into your heart, that you would know him, that he will bear witness in your life to be your personal Savior. And so stay connected with the Go Deep Movement. I'm looking forward to seeing you all at the revival and for God to doing great and mighty things in your life. And remember to drop everything and pray. Drop everything and pray. We appreciate you guys. And um, you can find uh, the Go Deep Movement on Facebook. You can find me on uh, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn or Snapchat. Hey. I, I got to be on everything. Uh, you can search for Mel Mills. That's M-E-L-M-I-L-L-S or themailmills.com. Again, you can get today's broadcast uh, and our weekly broadcasts now at thewordrestores.org that just went up Friday, and we have last week's message. Elder Anne-Marie Jewel will be back with us next week right here, 4 p.m., and we look forward to uh, having her back. We pray that she is rested, relaxed, restored, uh, and ready to go. Again, the Go Deep Revival with uh, Miss Brittany Apple will be April 28th. 
9 a.m. to 12 noon at the TCBC Banquet Hall. We thank her for her time today. Bless you guys. We'll talk to you again. Thank you. We sincerely thank our supporters for sponsoring this broadcast and pray that you too will be moved to become a sponsor. Let us reach out to continue to spread the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the airwaves. To contact us, simply log on to our website, thewordrestores.org, or through Facebook, Anne-Marie Jewel. Or call, send us a text to area code 313-466-0349. I'm your host, Elder Anne-Marie Jewel, a fellow servant in Christ. Until next time, may God bless and keep you. And may the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Amen. Welcome back to the family.